Kia ora and welcome to the Female Career Podcast. My name's Anna Johnston and I work as a leadership and career coach for women. I'm looking forward to sharing with you an inspiring collection of career stories of a diverse range of women of Aotearoa New Zealand. I hope that by listening to these stories, you'll feel inspired in your own career. If you do enjoy this story, please head along to our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we have lots more stories of wonderful Kiwi women and their careers. We'd also love you to subscribe to our podcast so that you have all the episodes at your fingertips. And please do tell your friends and family about it too. For now, though, I hope you enjoy listening to this career story. So I'm really looking forward to speaking today to Sonia Minna and Liz Henderson, co-founders of Canopy Camping, which is a collection of over 80 hand-picked glamping experiences throughout Aotearoa, New Zealand. Sonia has got a background in sales, and before co-founding Canopy Camping back in 2012, she worked as an account manager in sales for both Telecom and GenEye. Sonia's core focus in the business is working with prospective and new hosts and also looking after the financial management of the business. Liz has got a background in marketing and she worked both on the agency and the client side. Before she founded Canopy Camping with Sonia, she headed the ANZ relationship marketing team. Liz focuses on building the brand presence and the marketing of Canopy Camping. And I can't wait to hear a little bit more today. Kia ora, Sonia. Kia ora, Liz. Thank you very much for joining me today. Kia ora, Anna. Kia ora, Anna. Lovely. Well, I'd like to start off with the first question that might take you a little way back. And Sonia, I might throw this one to you to start with, first of all. When you were a child, what careers did you dream about, were you thinking about, or maybe did you aspire to? Oh, it's a good question. I would, would love to say something glamorous and kind of inspirational, like I wanted to be a scientist or I wanted to be an astronaut, but unfortunately it wasn't that. I mean, to be honest, I mainly, I remember wanting to be a nurse and a hairdresser, more sort of tactical things that I knew. My mum was a nurse and I knew what a hairdresser was, so it was, it was things like that as a real child that I thought about. But moving into teenagehood, I guess I kind of realised that I liked ideas and I liked people people sort of thing so it sort of moved from more practical aspirations I guess to more ideas-based thinking yeah yeah super and I think so many of our early career choices are influenced by the people that we see around us so it makes total sense yeah what about you Liz what were you thinking about as a kid or even a teenager for your future career I find it really hard to remember I, I was um I was a pretty dreamy child that read a lot of books. I was away with fairies a lot of the time and I was horse mad right up into my teens. So I think I wanted to have something to do with animals or horses in some way. And then as I sort of grew out of that, I really turned to mum and dad to give me some guidance about what I should do. I didn't really have a good idea, I don't think, about what the options were back then. I think kids have a lot more career guidance even in their teens now than what we did then Mm, and I think I would agree although I think still even now if you think about the people maybe doing career guidance in schools they're not probably fully aware of the wide range of roles that are available now that are even being created as we speak so I think things have changed so much and then Liz you ended up pursuing a career into marketing you know what was the appeal of that how did you get into marketing Well, I fell into it, really. I did a BA and I majored in art history and um, psychology. So nothing remotely close to marketing at that time at all. And then over time, I got various jobs um, while I was traveling and I met people in certain industries and advertising in particular 
really appealed to me. It sounded like a really fun industry to work in. There was lots of socialising. So I, I think that's probably what initially drew me to it. And I started off in a sort of lower level account management role in a recruitment advertising agency. So that's where I sort of the door opened. And from there, I went on to account management in a larger direct marketing agency and then got much more exposure and a lot more experience in my sort of eight years that I worked there or six to eight years, I think. I can't quite remember now, but yeah. And interesting to probably to reflect on it and see how you did fall into it. And if you think about those first, you said sort of six to eight years of your career, what were some of the highlights, but also the challenges at that time? I think that I'll start with the challenges because it was quite confronting in an agency environment. It was high paced and pressure, there was a lot of pressure because you had clients and they had certain demands. And then you were also working with creatives who the culture in an agency is quite hierarchical and there was a bit of almost um, bullying culture in a way. As a junior, you were really bullied and you had to really quickly get a thick skin and learn how to manage some of those more senior people in the agency, particularly the creatives, who you often had to deliver bad news to. A client wanted this change and they didn't agree and you had to kind of manage your way through that. So that was probably the most challenging thing about agency world. It was far soft, far more soft on the client side, really. But as far as highlights, it was the dynamic nature of the work and it was always changing and you were always busy. That's what I loved about agency work. Mm, I can imagine certainly that variety of all the different your clients you're working with. But equally, as you said, that challenge of trying to navigate your way through some probably fairly big personalities yeah, through that time. Yeah. yeah. And Sonia, what about you? How did you end up into, into sales? Similar to Liz, I, I did a Bachelor of Arts. That's actually where we met was at university. So I had a, you know, I did criminology and psychology. I did Eastern religions, Western religions, philosophy, just all sorts of things that interested me. None of them that sort of directly led to a career. So when it was time to get a job, I initially applied for all kinds of things that looking back now, I think obviously were way beyond what I would have really got. So eventually I got a job working for BP and they were at that point they had stopped their graduate recruitment program and they were using their sort of sales support entry-level roles as a way to bring graduates into the business. So it was a really cool environment, lots and lots of students, all graduates working in there and an actually really awesome company to have a first job with. They had they treated their staff really, really well. They had amazing processes. They invested a lot in training and development. And they were very big on moving people through the company and looking for opportunities for people who were keen. So it was actually a, a really cool environment and set the benchmark for me in a way in terms of a good employer, I guess. Obviously, it was the oil industry, so it's not exactly um, cool these days. But as a company, really, really awesome. So yeah, I was in a sales support role, supporting a team of account managers, lots of client sort of interaction and quite a bit of pressure, like any sort of customer service kind of role or when you're dealing with clients, you're like actually a lot of pressure, not necessarily the highest paid person in the company, but often fronting a lot of the harder stuff. So yeah, really good sort of training ground, I guess, for moving into more sales and account management myself. 
Yeah, sounds a fantastic training ground. And uh, I started my career with Shell, actually, Did so you? an oil company as well. Yeah. yeah. And so I definitely can relate to, yes, it's not so cool anymore, but also really get great grounding in terms of fantastic processes, training, development, structures. And amazing people, like amazing people. I often look at some of the people I worked with and where they've gone and what they've gone on to do. And I'm like, oh, yeah, not surprising because some really impressive people. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And then I'm going to ask this question to you separately, even though I know you co-founded Canopy Camping. But Liz, maybe if I'll start with you, what was the journey then, the path for you, the next stages in your career, and then into into co-founding Canopy Camping? So where we were at when Sonia and I kind of came up with this um, idea was we were both, it was having worked in the corporate environment for some time, we were both, we'd had Sonia had had a couple of children and I had one. And then we were on our way with our second. In fact, I think we had new babies at the time, stretching to remember. And we really were looking for a change. So a little bit of an escape from the corporate environment. And for me, I was a bit sick of working in marketing and having so many people influence the project, often just inputting for the sake of it. So there was, it was quite hard to make a decision and, and go with your gut on any one thing. So having ownership of my own thing to market was really important, well, was becoming really desirable for me. And we both felt quite trapped by the corporate environment, well I did anyway, a bit more freedom to be with our kids really and have flexibility with work. So that was where I was at when we started Canopy Camping, I guess. (laughs) What about you, Son? Got anything to add there? It's quite hard talking about just ourselves individually because it was such a joint decision at the time. Yeah, same as Liz. I mean, I I was working as an account manager at Genai at, at that point, or I had been, which is quite demanding work, a portfolio of clients, hard work. And I had actually, a year before we founded Canopy Camping, I'd been working in process improvement. So I'd sort of sideways moved into a project. McKinsey Consulting came in and there was a whole lot of process improvement work going on. And I was doing that, which suited a bit of part-time. So I had actually moved kind of part-time in between maternity leaves. But I couldn't really see, I felt that going forward, I just couldn't see myself continuing in that environment. Although the employers were were quite flexible, I just felt like it was going to be really difficult to manage what I wanted to do with my family and and that corporate environment. And secondly, like Liz said, I was just desperate. I put so much energy into my work. I always kind of gave 120%. And I just wanted to do that for myself. I came from self-employed parents And I just felt like I wanted all my energy to go for my thing and I didn't want to have wasted energy. Often in a big corporation, there's meetings and there's things that aren't actually productive that you have to do. And that just starts to get frustrating as you get older. You're just like, actually, I want want my time to be effective. My time's really important and I want it to be super effective. That was so motivating. And Liz and I, so we were in a similar position. And fortunately, we sort of, well, Liz, I think we basically somehow stumbled onto a good idea. And once we realised that, we just really wanted to, we were so motivated and so energised and we just threw ourselves at it 100%. Yeah, super. And I think the way you've both talked about it, which is what I find very often in coaching women, is there often is that that point, if you've got kids, you know, I've got three myself, that you think, how can I make work and life fit together? And the corporate world is becoming increasingly flexible around that. But but 
you know, 10 years ago, it probably wasn't. Mm. And But also ready for a change and ready to put your energies into your own thing. I like the way you described it. Mm, sorry, the other thing I was going to say was that I cut down at some point, I went down to four days a week and so 32 hours or whatever it was. And I just found that I was still working my full job within that 32. So it was higher pressure, but less pay, but and not really recognised for doing that either. Mm, and I think that's a similar experience to quite a number of often women who work four days but find they're still doing a full job yeah. and the, the pressure and the stress that comes with that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so tell me more about, you, you said you sort of stumbled across an idea and put your energy <laughs> into it. How did you how did you stumble across the idea of glamping? We were throwing quite a few ideas around blankets and I don't know, what are some of the other things we thought of? Oh, I can't it's even random remember, ideas. But... <laughs> we, but we knew what we, we wanted something scalable. We wanted something that would be a proper business as well. We didn't we didn't want it to be just a hobby business. We were like, we wanted something that had the potential to really, really go somewhere. So we, we rolled yeah. a bunch of ideas out because we felt like they weren't scalable or they weren't they weren't gonna work. But the glamp the glamping per se, I think Liz first found it. She's better at sort of, I don't know, finding new trends than me. And we 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 realized that glamping was huge overseas. The whole African safari tent sort of concept in particular was really big in the UK. And we were like, gosh, that's New Zealand's got the climate and the attitude that you would think Kiwis would love this. And yet there was very few, there was only really one luxury tent in the country that we could find online. So it really hadn't taken off here at all. And most people didn't even know what the word glamping meant. So we sort of realised, hey, here's, a, here's an overseas trend that would really work with New Zealand and no one's really doing it. And obviously we didn't have, we weren't living in, on land, either of us, so we couldn't just set up a glamping tent. So then that's when we really put our brains together and we're like, well, what are our skills? What sort of business model could we come up with that would could do this and would be scalable and have growth and all of that sort of thing? So we spent ages working on the business model and how we could part what the best way to partner with landowners would be that would work for them and work for us and that's how we came up with the model that we have. The interesting thing was we had no experience in tourism at all <laughs> no clue and in fact if we had we might have thought twice about actually doing this because we were really thinking about the domestic client we were thinking about what we would like to do as as people that holiday we used to holiday together as couples and enjoyed holidaying with our families and we were looking for experiences so we were thinking about the domestic tourist rather than tourism per se and it was quite an eye-opener when we started the business and then started to learn a bit more about tourism and how um, inbound tourism tourist operators worked and yeah it was interesting wasn't it son that that we, we, as we we realised in retrospect that we we had quite an ambitious and brave sort of business model, which, as Liz says, if we'd known a bit more about the industry, we might have been nervous to attempt. But it's because we have people when they come with Canopy Camping, they they are only listed with us; they're not on other websites. So it's kind of it's an eggs in one basket approach versus eggs across multiple baskets. And most people, there isn't really anyone else quite doing it like that in New Zealand. So. Yeah, it's a little bit different. 
Yeah, it is. And and I like the way you talked about if you'd known more, maybe you might not have done it. But I think sometimes that naivety can be helpful at the start because you just plough on and you make it work. We just solved the problems ourselves sort of thing. Every time we counted what we perceived to be a problem, we just sort of decided on, on what the way through that was. And without too much looking broadly, we were quite focused within ourselves, I think. Yeah, rather than maybe getting stuck on, oh, well, this won't work. It's, you know, been done, somebody else has tried it. It's not going to happen here. So I think that, that fresh perspective is probably helpful. Liz, maybe I could ask you, if you think about those first few years of setting up Canopy Camping, mm-hmm. I'm sure there were some super exciting moments, but I'm sure there were also some challenges there along the way. I wonder if you could tell me a little bit more about that. Navigating our way through, you know, different problems as we started. I mean, it was quite hard to get off the ground and prove the concept. Initially, we thought we were just going to be able to convince landowners into thinking this was a great idea. And we swiftly learned that we'd talk to a farmer and talk about camping on their property. And they'd say, why would anyone want to do that? (laughs) So we quickly realised we had to show them what that was all about. And we had to put our money where our mouth was and set up a glamping site on, we found someone to partner with that had a big farm and a farm walk that they wanted promoting. So we helped them with that in exchange for helping us set up this first glamping site on their land. And that was expensive. And we were really putting our money on the line and and we had to make it work so that setting up that site when it was physically really hard and quite nerve-wracking as well but it once it was up and running it did prove the concept and show to people that it would be a popular thing and bring it to life for those landowners that couldn't quite see the potential beforehand. Yeah, fantastic. I think sometimes you do have to make it feel more real and create that proof of concept, but it would have felt like a big leap at the time. Mm. And then, Sonia, what do you feel has really helped, because you've gone from those early stages to an experimental Mm. one site to now over 80 sites, I think. What do you feel has really helped the business to grow? I think credit to Liz, our our sort of brand and marketing has been done really, really well, and she's, she's led that. We've been sort of, we've been consistent, we've been firm, like that that thinking that we did early on, we did some really good, well-disciplined work on our brand and what we stood for and what we were all about and what our key messages were and what our business model was. We really nutted that out between us and with our husbands and with a few friends. So we put quite a bit of groundwork into the foundations of our business. And as we encountered challenges or we perhaps weren't growing as fast as we thought initially, we could really go back to that stuff and we had thought it through. So we were able to stay strong, I guess, to some things. And in fact, because we had young babies and we were both breastfeeding while we were developing it, we couldn't work on it 24-7. We could think about it all the time, but we were a bit limited. So there was a natural kind of delay that meant that it wasn't rushed. And yeah, it, it stood up. It has stood us in really good stead. And I guess the last five years or something, we've never had to question. We haven't questioned ourselves or our business model. We know it's working and it's solid. And so it's just been let's put the foot down and keep growing because the market has grown and we need to keep getting bigger because we can. <laughs> yeah, fantastic and great to hear about those strong foundations really starting to to pay off. Mm. But also how exciting that you've kind of created a market for glamping in New Zealand. That's pretty cool. There are moments we don't spend a lot of time patting ourselves on the back at all, but there are moments when Liz and I, between ourselves, we sort of will say, gosh, I feel really proud that we've actually built this something. And, and we have definitely been one of the players to grow glamping in New Zealand, not the only ones, but we have 
yeah, we have worked hard and done that. So yeah, it's a good sense of satisfaction in that way. Super. And I guess, Sonia, building on that in terms of that sense, sense of satisfaction, but, you know, thinking about your work now, what do you really love about it? I really love, I mean, I absolutely love the relationships that we have, particularly with our hosts. Like we've got almost, there's over 80 hosts and growing each year. There's some really, really neat people. In fact, all our hosts are cool. They're, they're interesting people that are living in a different life to us generally. They're rurally, um, they've got all sorts of backgrounds and all sorts of motivations. So just being being able to, we've got a very mutually dependent relationship with them. They've put their trust in us with their business to make sure we promote it properly and represent them well and we're linked to them so we do have quite a close relationship with them and that's just super satisfying and and seeing what a difference the glamping has made to some of their lives has been really really satisfying and yeah the other thing I love about our current work is, is a bit leading back to what I said is the fact that we don't Everything is effective. Liz and I are very honest with each other. So if, the, if we're working on something and it's a little bit beyond one of our skills or capabilities, we just cut to the chase and say, actually, we need to get someone else in to help with this or I'm not that good at this. Can you help with this? So there's no waste of time in my work day. If everything is, I don't sit in front of my desk for any other reason than I'm working. And if I need a break, I take a break. And if I'm not productive at something, I'll fess up nice and quickly so that we can get on with it. So work is just super effective and honestly a joy. We just kind of enjoy my work. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's, I mean, to be able to look forward to Mondays is a gift, isn't it? What about you, Liz? What do you really love about your work? Probably similar to Sonia. I mean, it's the satisfaction of doing, creating your own baby and seeing it grow and develop Um like Sonia said, the relationships are great. We love going and visiting people on their properties and we've gone to all sorts of nooks and crannies of the country um, that we probably never other would have gone, otherwise would have gone to. I love that side of it. I love the creative side of it. Like I've, I do a lot of the writing on the website and I started off not really being able to write all that well and my writing skills have really developed over the years and I'm quite proud of that now. I quite... <laughs> It's a real skill to be able to write well, and I can now. So that's probably something I really enjoy too. We talked about some of the, the things you really enjoy. Um, you know, I guess no career is without its bumps and sometimes really difficult points in the road. Liz, if you think about yours, if you look back across your career to date, have there been any particular challenges or, or tough moments in your career? I probably, one of the biggest turning points in my career was being on agency side and thinking about what next and getting really struggling to kind of get recognised for promotion in the agency world. It felt to me like, okay, I'm going to have to change jobs in order to get promoted. So at that point, I had to give up a job I did really like in, a, in an agency and environment that I really liked in order to progress and I went that's when I initially went contracting on client side and and that was my big break really I got swiftly moved into the client environment and realized then how much experience and knowledge I did have and that seemed to be really valued and I quickly made progress and got promoted quite quickly from that point there so I think that was my challenging moment was taking taking the risk I guess to leave my job that I really liked and do something completely different. 
Mm, and I can see that. But you would have felt really tough at the time because it's a job you like to, an organisation you like to make that that leap in order to progress is, is a brave move. But great to hear how kind of that that change worked out really well for you. Yeah. Sonia, what about you? If you look back at your career, any particular tough challenges or moments in your career? The low point <laughs> was, I guess I, I worked, uh, after university, I worked in the, in the sales area for a BP for a while. And then I did leave that and went travelling and, and did lower level jobs. I was really focused on travelling and did some account work and this and that, but nothing sort of too careersy. So when I did come back to New Zealand and needed to kickstart my career again, I, the first job I took was just immensely frustrating. It was a New Zealand, uh, sort of a medium-sized New Zealand firm that had, I felt, I guess, had said they were doing, they were more innovative than they actually were when I got in there. And so working in there in a job that had was a bit boring and frustrating and then realising actually there's nowhere to go here was just a really kind of difficult time. And that's when I, I did ended up again having to move jobs. And I, I guess I realised at that point that for me at that time, Large corporations were great because I was thriving in those environments. I needed opportunities to move. I'd never really stayed in a job in those large corporates for more than like a year or a year and a half because I kept moving around, moving up, moving sideways. And that really suited my nature. I like a challenge. And I guess, yeah, that was, it was a difficult time. Frustration's not, frustration in your work is for me one of the worst things. And if you're feeling frustrated every day, <laughs> you need to move. <laughs> So yeah, it's that sense of worth as well. If you're if you're working in a job that you feel is not making the most of your skills or you're not developing how you want to, that can be quite hard on your self esteem. And it was good to move into another company where I felt I could grow again. Mm-mm, absolutely, I think you're down to the heart of what makes our work fulfilling. It's often that recognition or feeling valued or feeling challenged or the opportunity to grow, develop, variety, all those things start to come together to make a role more fulfilling. And if you don't have those, as you said, sometimes you can get more frustrated. Yeah, it makes total sense. And you've talked, I guess, about one of the reasons for setting up Canopy Camping was to find a way to integrate work with your broader life. Sonia, how about you? What helps you to find balance? I know it's not always easy, but what helps you personally to find balance between your work and your broader life? So one is a key, it, it's, it's really a personal commitment that you make to yourself and your family, I think, that you need to be disciplined about how much you give to your work and the hours that you give. And so... When the kids were little, I would work in the evenings. They were in bed, they were asleep, and I was so sort of excited about our work. That was fine. But now now that the kids are older, um, it's, 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 it's really just a discipline of, of putting down the laptop and deciding what hours work for you and, and, not, and being quite strict on that. So Liz and I also, we have a commitment to each other. We know that we're our own bosses, so we know that part of the reason for doing this job is so that we can take the day off to go to the swimming sports or whatever. Together we just support each other to make sure that our well-being is maintained. And that goes down to things like exercise. We often talk about, right, let's make sure we're getting a class in a week or our exercise is, is being prioritised. So we, I think we keep each other honest on that front a bit as well. For us, it's, it's not really about, it's not like when you work for someone else where you feel behold, perhaps beholden to them to keep hours. Ours is more our own commitment to the business. So it's all within our control as to, to that. And we just need to be, we just keep ourselves honest, I think. Do you reckon, Liz? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's on your said, really? But I, I think the hard thing from working from home, because we both work from home and we do get together regularly, but it, you can bleed into your hours. So, you know, usually we try and 
shut down at three o'clock and we're there for the kids and we ferry them around after school and we might pop on again a little bit later um, and pick up a few things. But it could be quite easy just to say to the kids, just jump online for a bit and play some games and I've just got a few things to do. And I don't like doing that really. It's yeah, it can bleed over. So I, it is a little bit of a challenge for me. Sonia's probably more disciplined than I am in some ways. But yeah, I can find myself sliding. But I like the way you talked about it, actually, is you support each other or hold each other to account around it, which is really nice. Yeah, that's true. And we have got a lot better. Well, I, I've got much better at doing that. It's just if I'm doing something that I'm invested in, I can... Um, I can slip. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can imagine both those boundaries between friendship, but also when you're working from home and it's your own business. It, I said, you know, from my own experience running running my own business, that absolutely it's very hard to close a laptop at times mm. when it's when it's your own thing. Sonia, if I could ask you first, you know, we talked a bit about the challenging moments in your career, but equally, I'd like to kind of flip that around. And what have been some of your proudest career moments to date? Yeah, it's an interesting one with career moments. I mean, there's there's little proud, there's nice things that happened in my career pre-canopy camping. You got some sales awards and won some overseas trips and that was a real buzz and a total highlight, like being rewarded externally like that by your peers and getting a nice prize. But honestly, that's not, the the proudest thing is is really canopy camping and, and it's more of a satisfaction pride than a moment in time. But I do feel like we've contributed to the regional economy. There are people in our collection who would not have set up their business if it wasn't for our business. There are others who would have. They would have done accommodation on their property and and listed it elsewhere. But there are some who, because we take care of what we do, the marketing and the promotion and the bookings, those things were barriers for them to setting up. And when they knew, oh, we do this, they've decided to go ahead and do that. And that's a really, I feel proud of that, that, that that is helping and some of our people are in very remote parts of New Zealand where there is no tourist traffic running through there regularly and again without the glamping concept and without the proof of concept that our website's showing them they probably wouldn't have taken the plunge and that's yeah that I feel really proud of that basically it's sort of I feel like we are contributing to the New Zealand economy we're employing people and that's really really yeah deeply satisfying. Yeah wonderful what about you Liz what have what are you proud of when you look back at your career? Like Sonia, I have moments in my past career which I'm really proud of. And particularly I when I was managing a team and subsequently finding out from other people through the grapevine how much people enjoyed having me as a manager. That makes me really proud, hearing stories like that. But like Sonia, I think the proudest I've been in my career is of the business and how well that's going. And like Sonia said, we employ people now and we, you know, have uh, a number of people around the country that kind of rely on us and our service. So that is a really deeply satisfying thing, like Sonia said. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's the regional economy, but it's equally the farmers, landowners, for whom that extra income, you know, an extra way to perhaps make land that might not otherwise be productive, but to be able to generate that extra income makes a difference to themselves, their families, their kids. It's, you know, that's um, it would be a wonderful feeling. Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. And I guess, you know, you've been, you found a canopy camping in 2012. So it's, we'll be coming up for 10 years next year in terms of since kind of the early seeds of the business. Liz, maybe I'll ask the question to you first. Where do you see your career heading into the future? Well, we're really committed to canopy camping and, and growing growing it. And it's it's going through a lot of growth at the moment. And um, 
It's an exciting time. And so my career is where the business goes in a way for now. I mean, it would be nice to think about removing ourselves a little bit from the day-to-day and perhaps sitting at board level in time and employing some other people and bringing them on in the business. So getting into that sort of more manager zone. Yeah, those things those things are on the cards. For the foreseeable future, our careers are absolutely 100% dedicated to the business. But I guess Liz and I, we do enjoy challenges and creative thinking. And we've we've had a few sort of spin-off ideas about later down the track, we could do this or that. So nothing that's fully developed, but I we won't be sitting idle at any stage. So the business is going to keep growing. And as Liz says, we will probably, there may be sort of changes in management that may free up some of our time. I would like to, it'd be nice if we could contribute to the tourism sector, I guess, some of our knowledge and time, if there's a way to do that. A lot of people kind of think, oh, wouldn't it be good to work together with a friend or find a partner to set up a business with? But it's not always easy. And maybe, Sonia, I'll ask you this question. What do you think has helped make working with a friend really work for you guys? We were good friends, but that's a completely different thing than working together and joining your financial future and all of that sort of thing. So we didn't know that we were going to be as compatible as we are. So in the founding stages of the business, I guess what happened is it became clear that we had quite complementary skill sets, which was really good. Neither of us were trying to, we actually, luckily for us, we sort of work in slightly different zones on the skill side. And and the trust just kind of grew. I mean, we fun, we laugh all the time. We are good mates. We really trust each other. But we had, like any sort of team, I guess, there was a sort of forming, storming, norming phase. And at one point, I think we both looked back and those, what are they called? Um, the personality profiles where you talk about how you operate. So we've done a bit of conscious working through on things that might have been issues. And had we not actually had the honesty to sit down and go, well, when you do this, it makes me feel like this, then those things could have perhaps built up and become real issues but we definitely it was too important to us to make sure we sorted that stuff out we also at the very beginning on the advice of my brother who's been in a business with someone he said make sure you sit down and you you actually discuss and agree what are your goals for the business how much time do you both want to work on it how much money are you trying to make make sure that you're aligned on those fundamentals or you've at least discussed them so we did do that work at the start which was again useful because things like how much work you're putting in I mean it it would be an issue in a partnership if one person was more committed and putting in way more hours than the other one for example Mm. those sorts of things would be would things would fall apart quite quickly so I think it's a combination of being prepared to actually have the explicit conversations about things and yeah fortunately for us we just enjoy each other's company and we do we laugh all the time we're laughing every day so that's very enjoyable yeah wonderful liz is there anything you did i well, i think we 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 have complementary skill sets but we're also quite complementary personality wise and just in the way we operate sonia's really analytical and logical super optimistic and really positive i i'm more sort of intuitive and it's quite funny how we'll often come to the same decision through completely different ways of getting there we're really lucky that we're as complementary as we are because it could really be difficult if you were working with someone that was maybe too too much like you in the way you thought we might not have got that far I mean I don't think I would have been able to get 
run this business for five minutes without Sonia. So <laughs> it's, yeah, we've, and in times where one's been a bit low or low in energy or low in enthusiasm, the other kind of has been able to, you know, pick the other one up and yeah. provide some positivity <laughs> and enthusiasm. And how wonderful to hear, because very often actually running your own business, if you've set it up by yourself, can also be a lonely thing. But how nice that you've done it together with a friend and laughed and supported mm, each other yeah. along the way. Yeah, that's really nice. So one last question that I'd love to, to ask you both. Liz, I'll, I'll start with you first. What career advice would you have for other women? Oh, I think I hate having regrets. I really like to give things a go when I think about the different times where, where I've taken a risk, for example, going contracting in that first phase and leaving agency world and then starting the business, they were things I really wanted to do. They were on my mind. And I think if I hadn't done them, I just would have kicked myself. Like Failure is, if you try and you fail, it doesn't matter. You can just go back to what you were doing. But yeah, for me, not taking that risk or taking that chance that something's going to work out would have um, just eaten away at me. So I think, yeah, don't be scared to try something. Yeah, super advice. Sonia, what about you? What advice, career advice would you have for other women? Oh, I like Liz's advice, but I also, I, <laughs> I think being, I think focusing on your strengths and being aware of your strengths. And to me, it was every time throughout my career that I was in a job that lent heavily on my natural strengths I was more successful I was more happy and it worked really well for me and I think if you're struggling in a role it might be because there's too much of that role isn't aligning with what your strengths are and that 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 can be a struggle and a frustration and you're not probably not going to do as well so I just being on it's really lovely to get to a point in your life where you, you what your strengths are and you're honest about your shortcomings and that's not to say you don't work on those weaknesses or try to but you, there are other ways to compensate for those that might be using someone else but just yeah try to align what you're doing with your strengths and then you'll do well and you'll be happy I think yeah yeah absolutely I think that's so true using your strengths definitely can help you do well and be happy and so trying to find that combination there in a, in a career is well a great aim to have Sonia Liz thank you so much to both of you for spending the time today and it's been fascinating for me to hear about your early careers but also that journey into canopy camping but you know I'd say if I reflect on our conversation it's just been lovely to hear about how you've created that business together and complemented each other with your skills and your approaches and supported each other through the that um, growth with such like open, honest conversations. It's been it's been really fascinating to hear. So thank you. Thank you, Anna. Thanks, Anna. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Female Career Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more inspiring stories of women of Aotearoa and their careers, subscribe to the Female Career Podcast via Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you like to listen, so that you never miss a story. You can also take a look at our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we feature the stories. And if you subscribe to our mailing list, you can have career advice and inspiration delivered directly to your inbox. Thanks for your support, and I look forward to you joining us again soon. Bye.